Welcome back to the Conservative Call podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in again to the second episode. Uh, if you remember back to the first episode, we kind of laid the groundwork or the kind of some of my rambling thoughts of why I wanted to start the podcast. And if you haven't listened in, you can go back and listen to that one first. It kind of gives you an idea where I'm coming from, my thoughts, um, as far as the why, the who, the what, the when, the where, whatever. This episode... Uh, as I alluded to in the first episode, we, I want to talk about the quote-unquote elephant in the room, if you would. Uh, it's something that we've all heard of numerous times, and that is the COVID-19 uh, pandemic or dim panic, if you want to call it that. Uh, we kind of want to go over just my thoughts on it, and hopefully this challenges you to maybe... Do your own research and think for yourself. That is what this podcast is about, is free thinking, uh, free the free exercise of thinking. The, you know, we're not bound by a monarchy or a dictator. You know, we have the ability, the God-given right to make our own choices and live with the consequences, whether those are right or wrong. And so kind of what I want to do is kind of start out, and, and I want to kind of start out kind of the – with uh, – maybe my philosophies or my thinkings behind this whole thing and and what are my thoughts so we all know what covid-19 or coronavirus coronavirus is not a new term if you know a mers middle east respiratory syndrome syndrome sars severe acute respiratory syndrome those are all coronaviruses they deal with the lungs upper respiratory system not going to get all medical on you guys it's not a medical podcast um, but I do want to, sh- you know, maybe talk about um, where I come from and how I based my opinion on things. And I hope maybe this maybe sheds some light on, on, on it for you. Um, going back into a previous life, quote unquote, uh, I was privileged to um, serve my community with a, a, for 15 years in the fire and EMS field. And I go back to 2009, 2010. I was actually working in hospitals, doing my clinical time uh, for my EMT license. And it was right around the time that H1N1, and we all can remember back to then, that it was kind of hitting, uh, you know, and flaring up. And I remember, you know, thinking back here recently... If you look back, and I, I did some research a few weeks ago, and I don't have the numbers quite right in front of me. Um, I looked up like how many uh, users there were on Facebook, how many users were on Twitter, and things like that back in, in you know in those years, and there was nowhere near the social media presence uh, back then as there is now. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of social media presence has really driven this thing bigger than what uh, than what I personally think it is. Um, another thing that's different is one, Donald Trump is the president. In 2009, Barack Obama was the president. Now I grew up in a state where, where Barack Obama was our senator uh, for a couple years. He actually if if you're from Illinois and you grew up there and you know and you follow politics, you know that he spent more time 
running for president than he actually did in our legislative house. He, he voted present on most of the things that it, when, he, when he even made a vote. Um, and as, we, as this episode progresses, my voice is probably going to get higher because as I get more excited, I'm the kind of guy that gets real ramped up. And, and I tend to talk loud. So I apologize. I don't mean to, to blow your eardrums out if you're listening with, with earbuds or headphones. But I'm very passionate about the politics. I'm very passionate about uh, the day and age we live in. And so we go back there. And I remember one Saturday I was working in a local hospital. And something must have happened on the news where we we literally got inundated with people coming in claiming they had H1N1 or they were claiming they were showing symptoms and whatnot. And we literally got hammered for several hours. We had to open up an extra waiting room, things like that. And, and, I, and I saw firsthand, I lived it for just those few hours of getting overrun with people. Not And that's not including the the. You know, either a trauma that came in or a, you know, another medical emergency that came in. We were just overrun with people. And so when this whole thing with COVID started out, I, and I'll be honest with you, my personal feelings were that the first couple of weeks, I, I, I agreed with that whole 15 days to slow the spread. I completely agree with that because I understood that if we were to overrun the hospitals, that that is that is it, it would just be extremely difficult to deal with and detrimental to a bunch of people's health. I completely agree with that whole fifteen. And as we slowly, you know, the after those you know first two weeks um, here in the Austin, Texas area where I live currently, we saw a lot of things closed. Uh, if if you're if you've ever heard of South by Southwest, um, it's one of the largest. Uh, gatherings or festivals per se that Austin has. Uh, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people come through. It's it has to do with music and movies and all that kind of stuff. There are politics. We have leftist people that come to town and they give their little spiels and and whatnot. Because if you know Austin, Austin is literally the San Francisco, as I call it, of of Texas, and it's a complete embarrassment to the entire state. But that's we'll see. We probably touch on that for a whole another, a whole another episode. But we saw things start to close, uh, and I agreed with it. I said, okay, well, you know, you, you want to slow the spread. Let's let's you know. But then as we started to get to the third week, the fourth week, the fifth, the sixth, and so on and so forth, I, I made a I made a comment to my wife, and I said my words exactly to her after those first couple of weeks were. This seems to be a soft conditioning of the people, of us, the citizens, into following some kind of, you know, back then we didn't know, we, you know, good night. If we haven't, if, uh, from, from today until, you know, six weeks ago, is night and day difference of what we saw. And so, you know, we, going back, we, you know, I was like, okay, well, the, this, something's not right. We are really... So then they started to shut restaurants. They started, you know, then they started limiting groups of 250 down to 50, down to 10 or whatever. Um, and we and we saw a move to basically 
trample on our First Amendment rights, uh, our right to freely assemble, our right to, uh, you know, basically the, I mean, it's the First Amendment. It's the, it's the, it's the groundwork, you know, to the Bill of Rights. I'm looking at the First Amendment right now. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I don't see anything in here. I'm literally looking at this like on my laptop, in my little homemade closet studio, because if you listen to the first episode, you, you'll know that I'm not doing this in a, a studio. I'm literally talking into my earbuds on an iPad using a free podcast uh, hosting site because this is, I I feel so adamant and so passionate about speaking out. I I really, and I I didn't mention this in the first episode and it just literally came to my mind. I, as we saw this thing with COVID progress, I saw a lot of things on Facebook that from good conservative Republican people that, I mean, I was seeing things that were being shared that were completely either taken out of context and and they were, they, they, the headline, well, the headline boy, I'll tell you what, if you read the headline, it got you all pumped up, got your blood pressure up. You know, you just want, you want to go out and, and take on the world. Right. But I started to see as, as Republicans, conservatives, we, we were falling in the same trap as, as the left does is changing things and, and manipulating and quoting this person without doing research and sharing a meme. And I, I trust me, I, I think memes are funny. They're hilarious. But when we're doing the same thing as the left is doing, we're no better than they are. And so that's kind of, that's another area where this whole podcast came from. I want to challenge people. Don't just, man, it's, it really is. It's easy to click that share button. You, you click share and boom, it's out there. But I want you to just think, think with an open mind, like I said previously, with the blinders off, right? Don't just get into that habit of just click, share, click, share, click, share, click, share. But we go back to this First Amendment and what we've seen. If you look at, I was talking with somebody the other day. In fact, I've called the uh, local radio station I listen to here in the Austin area. I've called numerous times over the last couple of weeks just to, to voice my my opinion, Um this is a way that I can get a lot of things off my chest so I don't go crazy just chewing on everything. But I, and I told these, the, the host of the show I listened to on my way to work was that you look at, look at all the states that are the, the, these, these states that are run by Democrat governors. You look at cities that are run by Democrat mayors. Look at the overreaching the government overreach that these Democrats are showing. Uh, it is not, it's no, it's no secret. Look at Whitmer up in Michigan. You look at Cuomo, the governor of New York. De Blasio, the mayor of New York. Uh, the governor of uh, California. Nancy Pelosi's nephew, Gavin Newsom. Uh, you look at uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of, of L.A., 
Look at, uh, oh goodness, New Jersey, the governor there, his name escapes me. I'm literally going, all this, I'm literally, it's in my mind. I don't have any notes in front of me. This is, I'm literally just, it's just coming out as it comes to my mind. But you look at these Democrats. They have trampled all over our First Amendment rights. It says here, the right of people to peaceably assemble. Now, I am not, please don't take this as I am downplaying the virus. I am not. It is deadly. It has killed people. People are hurting. Uh, families are hurting. People can't see or say goodbye to their loved ones in the hospital because their their family member dies and they can't get in. I am. I, I, I hate to see people suffer. I hate it. Um, but I don't see in here on where I'm looking at on this, you know, on the bill of rights, I don't see in here where it says, but in the case of a national pandemic or a, you know, a, in a, a governor's executive order or a mayor's, whatever you want to call them, I don't see that that first amendment stops or pauses or whatever. Now, I also want to preface by saying I think we all need to be responsible. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, knowingly put myself around someone that has it. Uh, even though I have a, I, the latest that I've seen is maybe a 0.1 or 0.2 chance of getting it. And I have about a 98 to 99% chance of beating it if I were to get it. As of right now, to the best of my knowledge, I have no underlying health conditions. If you do have underlying health conditions, I completely understand the people that are the, of the older, advanced age. They're more susceptible. I completely understand that. But at the same time, this country was founded upon freedom. The freedom of choice and to bear the consequences of those choices. So when it comes to uh, the freedom to go to church, to practice religion, whatever religion you, that you choose... This country wasn't, didn't say, well, you can only choose this religion. It's to choose to worship in the manner in which you please. Now, we all know this country was founded on biblical principles. Uh, it was founded upon, you know, Christian men that, that sought to do things the right way. And that's a whole other episode in itself. But we are seeing a... An overreach of government. I am 39 years old. I have never, I have never seen anything like we have that we've seen in the last two months. We have literally crashed one of the the greatest economy that I've ever known. And I'm sure if you're listening, and even if you're an older person, you can probably say the same thing. It's probably the greatest economy that we have ever seen as a country, as a world, possibly. Um, over, and we heard this word, this term, or this phrase used, an abundance of caution, an abundance of caution. If I heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times during this whole time. But we, as free citizens, should be and should have, and we do have the right to make choices as we see fit. Um, Here in in Texas, our governor, uh, and I'll be honest with you, he's a Republican, and I have not agreed with everything that he's done. I don't think it's the government's duty or it's the government's right to close down a private business. 
If you want to debate that, that's fine. I, I encourage you to have your own opinions. And I said this in my my opening podcast, my opening episode. I'm not going to force my opinions on you. This is my thoughts. You do with them as you please, and I encourage you to have your own. Don't just regurgitate what I say or, or what any other person says. But we've seen Republican states, Florida, Georgia, Texas, we were here locked down somewhat. We've had uh, Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, the big metro areas are heavily Democrat. And I and that may come as a shock to you if you're not from Texas. Uh, but if you look at uh, the influx of California people that come into Texas, they, they leave, they leave, this is what blows my mind, they leave California because of the high taxes, the overreach of government, the you know, I can name you off a hundred different things why they leave. And it all has to do with Democrat policies. They move to a state that is pro-business, that is pro-liberty, that is, you know, pro for the people, of the people, by the people. The problem is when they move here, they bring those failed philosophies. And they move here from New York, they bring those failed philosophies. They move here from Illinois, they bring those failed philosophies. And I'm from Illinois. I grew up there. And I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've seen Illinois that when I left in 2012 was in such a financial mess. It it was insane. And I came to a state in Texas at that time, and I remember looking this up. At that time in 2012, if I remember right, Texas had the 15th largest economy in the entire world. Most, I mean, that's more than some countries in of itself. Uh, we've we've made strides even since then as as a state, uh, as far as economics go. But going back to my point, we we've had businesses close. If if and we've had them open since, and our governors kind of pull things off, and you know he's supposed to have another press conference come this coming Monday, the eighteenth, to kind of you know shed some more light on the other phase or whatnot. But if I don't want to go to a, a place that's open, guess what? It is my right not to go there. If I don't want to go get my hair cut, and barbers are open now in Texas, guess what? I don't have to. So when the government thinks that it knows the best, it knows what's best for its its citizens, it knows what's best for the safety, that, that, that is completely against what our founding fathers uh, sought to do and sought to and how they sought to, you know, start this country. Uh, but if you look at the republic, you look at uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida, the guy, he did not lock down his... There were some things they locked down, you know, but nothing is nearly as as restrictive as other, you know, states or cities. Uh, their numbers are, in fact, as of light, as of recent, uh, their testing's gone up. Their numbers have gone of uh, positives have gone down. It's completely against the whole narrative that the the mainstream media tries to push. And so we see that, you know, even going back to the uh, the beginning of all this. We were told, you know, you've seen them, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, you know, at the at the federal level. Then if you're whatever state you're in, you know, you've, you've got your local leaders that that make policies and whatnot. So <clears throat> Fauci is quoted as saying in early March, you know, you don't need a mask. Go to a movie theater. Go to this. You know, do this. Go out to eat. Go whatever. And then we, you know, then we see just to complete, you know, then 
you know, man, we can really go off in the weeds with this whole hydroxychloroquine thing, which is a malaria drug that's been around since like the 40s or 50s. It's like $13 a, a dose or whatever compared to the hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars for some of these other big pharma. And if you really want to talk big pharma, I will gladly sit down and talk that because I'm, I have seen big pharma when I was working in EMS, the, the abuse of pharmaceuticals is, I mean, it, it would blow your mind if you've ever, if you work in that field, you know, if you don't work in that field of any kind of medical practice, it, it would blow your mind. But anyway, uh, we, we have seen, it, is, it has been predominantly the Democrats trample on our, on our rights. We, the, the mayor of L.A. just this last week, uh, I believe this last Friday, the 15th or the, the Thursday, uh, said the L.A. is the, the mayor of L.A. said, well, we're going to lock down for three more months. I mean, it just blows my mind. You, you just last this last week, Governor Cuomo of New York had a, a press conference where he said he has on his slide that 66 percent of the positives that were tested came from those who stayed home. It didn't go out. And, he, and he, he says, his literally words were, oh, we were shocked to see that. Why are you shocked? It's been proven that if you stay home, you, you constantly are cleaning yourself, you know, hand sanitizer, you, you suppress your immune system. I mean, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist, I'm not a virologist, whatever. It's just common sense. But it is time that we, as, as conservatives, we... Uh, it's really easy to, and I said this earlier, you know, in the earlier part of the broadcast or the podcast, is that it's easy to get on social media and just, man, keyboard warrior, just fired away. But to call your state and local and federal officials, I have emailed more, and I and I'll be honest with them, and I'm embarrassed to say, but when I lived in Illinois, I do not recall calling any of my elected officials. Or emailing them, but man, and I was one of the first ones to criticize and you know blow off a bunch of steam, and, and that's kind of where another reason why I wanted to start this. I want to be a voice. At least if I'm putting my voice out there, I'm doing hopefully more to encourage more people than I just do if I just. And I do have a Facebook page, the Conservative Call. It's on Facebook. I try to share articles that challenge people that you know that maybe shed some light on things that people don't see or uh, i don't share a lot of the mainstream even fox you know that kind of stuff i'm sharing stuff that doesn't get the the mainstream because a lot of those things are have a lot more truth to them and a lot more you know meat to them than than what's been chewed up and spit out from the mainstream but i want to i mean we we have seen um churches i mean i know there's churches i'm not going to name them i'm not, but in illinois there there are churches that i mean you have the governor of illinois jb pritzker uh i how how someone or how people can vote for for people like this it, it blows my mind you 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 literally will vote for someone that has not has not that doesn't have your best interests in mind doesn't you know doesn't follow the rule of law. And that's another thing. These governors that and mayors and judges uh, 
that sign these executive orders or whatever your state or local municipalities call them. These these are not laws. I don't understand where people where they think that these are even enforceable by law enforcement. You have, if you follow the news, you have law enforcement all over the country saying, uh, "We swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. We cannot. These are not constitutional, you know, orders. They're not enforceable. They, I mean, goes against the First Amendment. You, we can't we can't keep people from uh, assembling. Uh, we kind of need to let them you know let people make their own choices." But it, we need to get back as conservatives. We have, we have got to stop just complaining, complaining, complaining. We have got to start calling people, emailing our, our representatives. Know who your representatives are. There's so much. You literally, all you have to go to, to go to Google and Google, you know, who are my local representatives in this zip code? And it'll, it'll break down by districts. Um, let them know, hey, we, you know, let... I, I emailed our rep, our local representative for our district, District 27, here in, in the Bastrop County area of, of Texas. And I, I let them know, hey, I, I please vote no on this latest uh, bill that Nancy Pelosi shoved through the House. 1,800 pages. It took them 19 days to draft it. you got three days to read it, and we're going to vote on it on Friday. Now, who... Who has the time to read? Yeah, I know they have staff. You have staff members that can read portions and whatnot. But who, who does that? And then if you read the and, and I let I let uh, Representative McLeod, that's our rep. I let him know, say, hey, please, you know, this isn't right. We are borrowing money. We can't just print all this money to give out, you know, for all this. They call it the Heroes Act. Well, let's see. They talked about pot sixty-eight times, I believe. In this bill, it, it did pass. By the way, I read last night before going to bed that they did pass it. So, sixty-eight times they mentioned pot. I don't recall ever hearing of them talking about jobs or economic growth or whatever. They want to keep giving people six hundred dollars a month to keep them on, you know, you know, for unemployment. They want to um, some of the even the some members of the squad. If you know who the squad is, AOC and Ilhan Omar and. There's a couple of other, you know, they want to, they want this, you know, this guaranteed paycheck thing that they were mad at Nancy Pelosi because she didn't put that in there. They, they're, they're such socialism. They are so, and they're not, they're not shy about it. If they, and that's another thing. If they, if they can not, if they can be blatant about their socialism, why is conservatives, why do we have to be shy? Why can't we be confrontational? And be respectful. It's not like we have to be belligerent. Like if you look at the left, they scream, they yell, they curse, they they call you names. We don't have to be that way. You can be confrontational and do it in a respectful way. But the left, boy, I'll tell you what, they're the loudest. And the, the old saying is, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Why why do we as conservatives? Why do we sit back and let this happen? Um, up in Dallas, you if you pay attention, the, you, the salon owner up in Dallas. She stood up. Yes, yeah, she closed for a couple weeks and then she started to see, hey, how do I feed my kids? My right to work, my right to, you know, the to provide for my family is being trampled on. The judge up there, uh, it's he's a very liberal judge. Clay Jenkins is his name. Uh, there's another judge, uh, Eric Moyer. It's the one who sentenced her to jail. He's a this is not, I was telling this to a, a friend last night, this is not 
made up. This is public record. Uh, but the judge that sentenced that lady, she is he he uh, has a history of violence. He's attacked another judge in his quarters. He's brandished a firearm on the highway to someone who he thought was following too closely. This is the kind. That's the left. That is the the Democrats. Who they have become. They're the ones that you know the Antifa types, the violent people. Whereas conservatives, we we just kind of well, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be confrontational. I'm not saying we have to be violent. I do not condone violence at all. Not in the least bit. First Amendment does not... First Amendment covers free speech, but not violence. But we see this woman. She said, you know what? I can't. I can't do this. I've, I've got, I, and she stood up. She and, she and I watched it live on YouTube. She stood in front of that judge. And he wanted her to bow down and kiss his ring, so to speak. And he was disrespectful to her. He was you know, that authoritarian Democrat that we see in this day and age. And she said, sir... I respectfully disagree. If you think it's, he called her selfish. If you think it's selfish for me to provide for my family, then you need to go ahead and just, you know, proceed with your judgment. He sentenced her to jail. She spent two days in jail. Uh, The Texas Supreme Court ruled against it. She's out. But we have seen, we, I mean, all across this country, there are there are states where churches haven't closed. There are states where. I mean, Kentucky, they tried to outlaw drive-in services. Uh, luckily, there was a judge there, that a federal judge that overruled that. Um, California, I mean, the, the complete disaster that California is, um, they're, you can't have church. They do, you know, everything's different in any different, you know, city or municipality or whatever. But we have seen COVID turn in COVID-19, turn into a huge, and it comes from the Saul Alinsky, which was, if you follow Chicago politics, Saul Alinsky was a huge uh, influence on Barack Obama, but he had, in part of it, there was a saying for one of his books, I believe it's called, the, something about the radical rules or something like that. He basically said, Rahm Emanuel used this all, all the saying a lot was, never let a catastrophe or something like that go to waste or never let you know something like that and you if you haven't seen that if you if you can't see that by now it's it's probably too late for you you're you're probably not going to get it but we've got general elections coming up in November uh the primaries for most states have passed uh know who your elected officials are know who they you know when their seats come up for re-election uh, I did some research. It literally took me this morning up in Kane County, Illinois. If you're listening to this, you'll know there's a church up there that is uh, under fire. They they got a letter from the Kane County District uh, State's Attorney saying that if they were going to hold services this Sunday, they were going to be, you know, he was going to, you know, exercise his judgment against them, whatever that is. But and this is where I go back to my. My my first episode when I talked about this is not going to be a Democrat versus Republican or whatever who's right who's wrong, but that Kane County and this took me literally 15 minutes to find out but that Kane County State's Attorney that ruled against the First Amendment and ruled against the church from opening is a Republican. This is why we have to be educated who we are voting for, uh, no matter what's what what letter is after their name. I, I it doesn't matter. 
you have you need to know where they stand on the issues. You need to know how they're how they've voted or how they've ruled or how they've you know done things in the past. But use the tools that you have. Uh, use the internet. I mean, there's uh, use these things to your advantage. Don't just don't fall into this trap where we're just oh yeah, I'm just gonna be a I'm just gonna hit share like I said before. Just hit share. Uh, you know. Get involved in politics. I, I was able to share that info, uh, you know, and let people know, hey, there is another Republican. This the this this example I was just talking about was this district attorney. Guess what? He's not seeking re-election, but here's here's the Republican that's got you know he's on the on the ticket for the November general election. Know who know who you know know who these people are. Know where they come from, where they stand. Email them, call them on a weekly basis, and let them know, hey, you know, I don't agree with this, or I agree with this. I, you know, I would like to see you vote this way. And, and folks, we have got to, if we do not take a stand now. In my last episode, I, I quoted uh, JFK uh, at the end: "If not us, who? If not when?" Or if not now, when? Something to that effect. But I want to encourage you guys, listen. Know who your elected officials are. Know how to contact them. Stand up for your rights. Let those people know, hey, you know, and, and I know we can't, you know, there's a lot of us that don't have the financial means. I could not hire a lawyer to, you know, start a lawsuit or whatever. I'm not saying you have to do that. But we have to be. We have to do more than just, you know, typing something out. We we need to be active in sharing information. You know, knowing going to rallies. If there's a rally in your area, try to do everything you can to be there to voice your opinion. Guess what? The First Amendment, even even though it's being trampled on, it is still there. It hasn't been erased yet. Even though they are trying their hardest to erase it. But I wanted to kind of. This episode, as I draw to kind of to a close, kind of lay out kind of my thinking in my because of my background of uh, COVID and, and kind of progress through it and what we've seen. And we folks, I'm 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 being dead honest. Being here in Texas for almost eight years now, I have seen even in Texas there is starting there is a especially in the large urban areas. This shift towards the socialist. You go down to Houston; they have a judge down there that, is, and you have you come up to mayor you up to Austin. We have a mayor and a, a Travis County judge. You go up to Dallas; you got a mayor and a judge up there. San Antonio, a mayor and a judge there. Be educated. Look at these folks, and when it comes time, don't. When it comes time for elections, don't just say, "Well, I'm going to go vote." Encourage people. Get out there. And, and hold a sign, or, or go, you know, do what you need to do. If you if you got to, it's hard to do things nowadays with all these restrictions. But think outside the box and how you can help get the right people in office. Uh, in Illinois right now, man, I'm telling you what, you guys got to fight with your on your hands with that governor. Uh, there's some good conservative downstate reps that are filing lawsuits um, that. That are hopefully going to, you know, change things. And we've seen folks. I mean, look, 
we've seen victories. We, we, we just, the Republicans took back a House seat in California that hasn't been held by a Republican since 1998. That's huge. It's the same district that Pelosi, or I mean, Hillary Clinton won by double digit points. And this Republican that won, Mr. Garcia, won it back by, you know, at least five to six points higher than what Clinton wanted. So things, there are victories. There are things that we are seeing that we're seeing judges. um, Wisconsin, the Supreme Court of Wisconsin struck down their governor's stay-at-home order. It's unconstitutional. So look at these things. Look at, you're not going to see this in the mainstream. You're not going to see the positives because the mainstream media likes to be on the negative. They like to keep people, you know, pitted against the other side. But as a conservative, no where you stand on the on the on the issues know who your people are in your area that are running for office whether it's at the local level it doesn't have to be just at the state guess what school districts uh that's huge right there if you can get on a school board uh you're looking at uh, you know at the, at the grassroots level know who your local officials are that are in office contact them they they get I'll leave you with this guess what they may have forgotten it they work for us. We pay their salaries. We're seeing millions of people going on unemployment because of governors and governors and mayors that have shut down business. President Trump did not has not shut down a business. He has left it up to the governors as he should. States' rights. I agree with that. But you're looking at Democrats that are completely trying to blow up an economy and blow up a country all to get one man out of office. If we can't stand up at the local level, we, we won't have any influence at the federal level. They're trying, they, they try, it seems like every time you hear something, they're trying to do mail-in voting. They're trying to push that. Voter fraud rampant in mail-in voting. Know, know the issues of the day. Don't just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read my few headlines or whatever. Know what is going on. Again, I want to thank you for listening in to my my ramblings, my thoughts. I hope maybe it encourages someone out there, at least one, one person to just think, you know what? Uh, maybe I need to, you know, think, uh, you know, this this doesn't this doesn't sm- pass the smell test of what these Democrats are doing. Know what the Republicans, guess what? Like I said, the, there are Republicans out there that are doing it too. Know who they are. Make your voice be known. Until next time, you're listening to The Conservative Call, and I hope you have a great day.